This is the Memphis Real Estate Hour on KWAM. And now, here's your host, Dean Harris. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Memphis Real Estate Hour. I am your host, Dean Harris. I'm with Crush Core Realty over on Summer Avenue here in Memphis. Thank you guys for tuning in this morning. You might be tuning in at AM 990 Memphis, 107.9 FM, or you could be streaming the show at www.kwam990.com. The Memphis Real Estate Hour will concentrate on investing in Memphis real estate, and we will focus on all those related topics. Uh, We'll discuss local and national investment trends, as well as uh, give you an inside look at what it takes to become an investor here in Memphis or what it takes to become a better investor if you're already active in the active in the investing world uh remind you guys that every single show that i am an investor as well so if you have that old home uh that you need to sell quickly or you know someone that has that old home they need to sell quickly you can shoot me an email uh dean at crestcore.com i don't care what condition the home's in burnout torn up uh not even livable that's fine just shoot me that email dean at crestcore.com and i'll be happy to get you an offer on that home today uh, Facebook Live, guys. So if you're listening on the radio and you have not heard or known, we are on Facebook Live. Um, it has been a tremendous asset for us. We've really, really been able to capitalize on what Facebook Live provides. And so if you'll go to the show's Facebook page, The Memphis Real Estate Hour, you can see, I think there's 52, 53 of our past shows that are on there. They're all titled, so you can look at different topics if you got questions or things you want to have addressed or stuff you're not sure about. Dan Butler's with me this morning. Dan, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. We're um, we're going to talk today about why do you negotiate or what do you negotiate in investment real estate. So a lot of people ask, you know, can I ask for this? Can I ask for mm-hmm. that? And um, this is a good topic for you because I mean you're doing that all day every day. I right? do it all day every day, and I get I get strange requests. I yeah. get normal requests. I get I get all kinds of stuff. So it's a matter of What's the strangest one you've ever gotten that you can think of off the head? Oh, man. Um, it's, it's not strange as in like, oh, my gosh, can't believe somebody asked that. But strange in a real estate deal. Like I've, I've asked them, somebody to pay for title searches and um, inspections and stuff like that. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, just, it's just so. Not the norm. Not the norm. I mean, I guess you can, you know, no one gets offended. But, right. but it's like, you know, what are you doing? So. We'll we'll go through this kind of step by step and figure out kind of some of the things that you can negotiate. I mean, you know, technically the answer to this question is you can everything. you can ask for anything. That's you can right. ask them to come cut all your they can grass. Say is no, is what I always yeah. say. I mean, yeah, all they can say is no. Now you do run a fine line of offending somebody right. and, and and pushing it too far. Yeah, pushing it too far because then the, you know, we've talked about this before or we talk about this often, but. You know, you want to go into a deal, and this is kind of a, we'll dive into our notes mm-hmm. in a second, but you want to go into a deal and everybody, this is just in every case, everybody needs to feel like they've won. That's so funny. I just wrote out, wrote this, don't lose out on the win-win. Yeah. That's what I, like <laughs> you know, everybody. Don't lose sight of that. Yeah. Everybody feels like they've got to win and have not only get what they want, but feel like they put one over on mm. seller or buyer. Yeah, they cut them, cut them at the at the knees at the kind knees. of concept. Like, 
That doesn't. That doesn't. That's that's not a good long term strategy, in my opinion. No, because you're going to fight and scrap, and you're going to get into a bunch offend, of offend, and you're going to make agents mad, the buyers or the sellers mad, <laughs> develop the attorneys mad because they've been working on this deal, and you keep you know just I mean nitpicking nitpicking to death. to death and asking for this and asking for that. The attorneys get fed up with that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and they'll they'll actually stop working with you. From that All angle, together. because they they get a set fee. You know those guys are yeah. you know in the rich dad you know quadrant. They're self employed, right? Yep. So they eat what they kill. That's right. And so you get say three hundred fifty dollars for a closing, and you're this guy's wearing you out trying to push for this, push for that. You know, again, that where's the line? Where's the line to draw? Right. So so everybody feels like they want to win, and and oftentimes it's difficult to get both sides. To feel like they've won. Mm-hmm. And I guess in my line of work, that's my job. Yes. It's my job to make both, especially if I represent both sides. But if I don't, then it's my job to get my client to understand and the other uh, buyer or seller's agent or whoever their representative is to understand why we're doing this, why we're asking for this, or why we won't give that, or why mm-hmm. we're not going to accept that. So. You know, you bring up a good point. I think, you know, again, we haven't gone, gone into kind of what to negotiate, but I feel like, I mean, even agents lose sight of that sometimes. Every day. You know, it's like a silo. This is my client, and you got to do this, and this has got to be done. And, and I understand judiciary responsibility and all that stuff, but there is the relationship piece of just what's, what happens with the next deal and the next deal. And I got a, I got a quick story, yeah. and I'll tell it. I'm I'm in a deal right well. We just got out of it. So <laughs> I have uh-huh. wasn't a win-win. No, it wasn't. So <laughs> I have a client and he's likely listening now, but we're flipping a house in East Memphis. Um big home. Nice home. Mhm. 449,000 was the list price. Super great job on the rehab, kitchen, bathrooms, I mean like top of the line stuff. Agent comes in 415. <laughs> What was the list? Four forty nine, four fifteen. It's like whew. And then he gave me the spiel of, well, four twenty five is their max out, but we just wanted to show it anyway. I'm like, see, you're already already the you. agent's already starting, um, a negative experience for everybody. Right. <laughs> so we counter back up, and they counter back, and and ultimately we're we're dealing with, you know, I'll fast forward. About five thousand dollars difference. Agents not moving. We're we're done. We we've done everything. I mean, we came down to you know twenty or thirty grand. So the seller in this instance gave a great effort, a a, a good effort to try to get this thing done. And the agent comes back to me and he says, "Man, I you know I've been doing this a long time. I've never lost a deal over five thousand dollars." I said, "You know what? We're thinking the same thing." The, they take a timeout, so it's a week later, and they come back and they show it again. And the agent gave me a worse offer. Below 415? Yeah. <laughs> Wanted to renegotiate, like almost assuming we're desperate, and he got offended and he got worked up, and now they're gone. So I, to me... Why did he get offended? I don't, we don't know. He just got upset and said, man, your seller's uh, going to develop a bad reputation, and... Uh, this is a small little village and started giving me the rundown like I just started in the business myself. So, <laughs> right. 
Um, and, and any agent, I'll tell you this, and this is just a soapbox, but any agent, that the, one of the first conversations they tell you is how long they've been in it, you know it's going to be a pain because mm. they're going to be right no matter what because of what they just think that they've told you. You know, I've been in it 40 years, they said. I, I don't, I don't oh, care wow. if you've been in it 40 minutes. Right. It's, it's, all, it's all a deal. So he, the deal's dead. We, we never agreed to anything over $5,000. 1%. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't figure it out over 1%. They left, they're gone. And emotions got caught up in it. The seller got upset. It, it was a take it or leave it type of thing. They left it, then came back. I mean, it was a mess. Mm-hmm. So when you're, you let your emotions, emotions get involved yeah. with this sort of thing, whether you're the agent or the buyer or the seller or whatever, yeah. if you let your emotions get involved, you're going to set yourself up for not getting that deal or not getting that property. So, yeah, it, it, it happens every day. I mean, it just happened to us. I mean, so it, it's a... It's an everyday deal. It's an everyday deal that yeah. you have to kind of work through and, and, and navigate through. So when we well, talk, go ahead. I was going to say, but it plays into just, but at the same time, you still need to be prepared and, you know, look at negotiating everything. Absolutely. You know, and then, or deciding what your absolutes are. You know, like for Douglas and I back in the day, I think, you know, we would, we would be, you know, we got people that die by the sword about personal guarantees. Mm. You know, they will not sign a personal guarantee. You know, you can't get them they'll do non-recourse da, da 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 and that wasn't one of the things that we just had to die by the sword you know like yeah because we felt like we're gonna pay our bills you know we've had that story on our on the radio of one of our buddies in town that got stiffed by his partner mm-hmm. left town and the guy paid that debt for like five or six years which is not you know and and so that's kind of how we feel and so that was you know something that wasn't you know was negotiable yeah but you know, as you know, we always try to do mo- no money down for yeah. every deal we do. Mm-hmm. You know, one way somehow somebody's financing it, you know, season it some way somehow to get it where we can refi real quick or whatever it is to get that money back, get our out. money back out, keep our cash. You know, and it's a bigger purpose for us to keep the cash in the business so that we can, you know, safeguard against, you know, <laughs> keep moving. You know, like for instance, you know, you got uh, the month of October, what happens with uh, the HVAC and all that kind of stuff? It slows down. Yeah. You know, you still got, you know, five, six, seven guys that you're paying on the payroll. So you got to be prepared for those kind of fluctuations and cash flow and business operations. And, mm-hmm. you know, that picks back up in November, your first freeze. But that's right. You know, it's a bigger you got picture. got a gap right there. That's right. So. so when we're talking about, you know, what do you negotiate in real estate? You know, the, 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 the simple answer is every single thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what are, you know, the obvious ones are the price. Yep. Um, that, that's the kind of the first thing. Right. I mean, yeah. when you go into looking at a property, the very first thing you're looking at is a price. Well, and, and then, you know, I was dealing with this the other day, like whoever speaks first loses. You believe in that? I do believe it. unless, unless, you know, wholesalers have to, you know, they get in a spot where they really, they're pushed to give an offer a lot of times. And we all are in society. Like that's why like the 415 came. So if you are going to speak first, you know, you go lower than what you're willing to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he just went too low. He went too low, right? Offensive but, low. <laughs> but yeah, so you try to get the other person to to come down. Like I'm sure your seller has a range of what he's willing to go down to as well. Yeah, and you know that in your back pocket, mm-hmm. but you're going to stick with your your asking. That's why the asking price is asking price because it's my job to get my client the most money. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, so price is some of the first things we talk about, you know, it's, uh, everybody automatically assumes that you're going to go low on a price or at least negotiate the price. Um, now demand will eliminate that if it's a, a high demand area or high demand property, 
Price might not be the first thing you negotiate. There might not be any negotiating. You might just have to, you know, depending on bad you want it or where it's at, you might just have to accept it. Yeah. I think, um, and I mean, that's a crucial piece for, you know, for both sides. Like we had a house down the street from us that the agent underpriced it and had 12 offers, mm. you know, the first day mm. overpriced, ever over listing. So that everybody knew the value that was out there. You know, if I was that homeowner, I'd be a little bit upset. Who was the agent? No, don't, yeah, yeah. don't say that. I'm just Gene kidding. Harris. At, <laughs> yeah. Crest I'm just kidding. No, don't say uh, that. It was, uh, and then on the flip side, you got one that, you know, everybody's trying to get the almighty do- max. Yeah. And then there's no offers. So there's that a price. There's got to be, you know, you got to be, you got to be close to market, you know? So mm-hmm. it, I'm learning, we're learning a little bit of that lesson now that going high on every one of these uh, properties might not be the best idea. Yeah, that's true. It might not. I mean, you know what I mean? Like I, there's something to be said for going 10 or $15,000 low on a list and creating a sense of urgency and moving that thing in 30 days. I was laughing yesterday. We decided to sell a house yesterday and mm-hmm. um, Doug was like, you want to give it to Dean? I was like, yeah. And I bet he's going to say 25,000. And then what would you back say? 25,000. 24,9. 24,9. <laughs> Well, I, just, I mean, I just laughed. I was like, <laughs> I just know your MO and your, what you're, you're well, looking, you're moving it. You want to move it fast and I want to move it right away. It's not, y'all don't want to have it sit. You know, I could put it on there no. for 35 and let it sit there for 90 days. And so I was a hundred dollars off my guess. Yeah. I should have bet some dinner or something. <laughs> <laughs> so price. So we're going to sell that thing or what? No, I'm yeah. just kidding. Yeah, that's right. Price terms. Um, let's terms expand. is big. Yeah. Let's expand on terms for a minute. Um, that can be anything, Dan. I've seen uh, over the years. I have seen anything and everything come across as far as terms, I mean, um, interest rate, all amortization, mm-hmm. uh, contingency on financing, not contingent on financing. I mean, inspections, and, appraisals. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it just it goes on and on. I mean, I think the the you know the better the terms, the price goes up. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, mm-hmm. I don't know what your thoughts on that. The worse the terms, like. Then the price goes down. Mm-hmm. That's kind of your philosophy on you know your price, my terms. Your terms, my price. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Which I like go through that. I explain because we did that a month or two ago. But explain what you mean by that because you you've done this hundreds hundreds yeah. of times. Yeah. So tell me tell that phrase. Say that phrase again, and then explain your that. price, my terms. Your terms, my price. All right. Now explain that. So if you want something, I mean, I'm working on this right now. A guy wants $300,000 and, you know, that's his number. At 5%, that didn't really work for us, you know, on a 15-year note. Well, can you do 3%? Hmm. You know, at 3%, I feel pretty good with where the market's going and all that kind of stuff. I'll give you that number that you, in your mind, you're wanting that 300 for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. You know, in my mind, that's high for the market value, what's going on. So I'm willing to give you your price, but I really need to, I, I need a little bit of discount on that interest rate, mm-hmm. you know? And so if you're willing to do that, let's get a deal done and move on. Mm-hmm. So how often do you, every time, do you really on every deal? Yeah. You bring that up. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, or owner finance. I mean, I'm talking to a guy right now with, you know, a group of houses. And that's where I think it's the most um, applicable, if that's the right grammar. I think that group of houses, either group or an owner finance. Yes. That's right. Because they're, they're the most flexible. They don't have guidelines to well, go by. And we'll think about terms of banks. I mean, think about a 15 year versus 30 year. 
Are the interest rates the same? No. No. A 15 year is better. No, it's is it it's lower than a 30 year, right? Mm-hmm. Why? Because they get that money back quicker. Because they're getting that money. They they got less risk exposure. Whoever's loaning yet that money, mm-hmm. you know, if the interest rate, if you get it locked in at five, and the interest rates go to seven, eight percent, you know, in a fifteen year, they got a lot to lose on a thirty year versus the fifteen. That's right. So that's why your fifteen is going to be lower than your thirty. Mm-hmm. You know, so the banks are doing the same thing to us. Oh yeah. You know, they're giving <laughs> you the terms that's, that's going right. to be most favorable to them, and you got to pick which one work matches what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you know that's that's my favorite. My, a mentor of mine in Charlotte told me that years ago, and I've, I've stuck with it. Stuck with it every. I mean that and choices. You know, as, uh, as we talked through this about negotiating. I mean, you know, you might say, um, you know, your price price and term is this, or we can do this price and term, mm-hmm. and hand two choices. To, you're fine with either one, yeah, because to you it's a win. Yep, and hopefully the, one of those two will be a win for them. In their mind, or what their what their goal, or what they're trying to do. So mm-hmm. that's where the win win can come. Come, I love come that your price, my terms. Your, your terms, terms, my price. price. So parts of the terms are financing cost. Yeah, that's um, dealing with the bank now. Yeah, yeah, now you're talking with the bank, or if you're an owner finance, you're dealing with the with or the hard Swiss, money. Yeah, hard money. Yeah. That's right. That's um, that's a popular decision these days is to go that route. So part yeah. of the terms we got points, interest rates. Um, you know how much movement do you get when you talk about interest rates with banks especially i mean they they seem like they come to you and say this is it you know take it or leave it you know i think and i wrote on you know my notes just relationship over penny pinching mm-hmm. you know i think that's some a key thing to remember like yeah i just had this conversation it's funny there's relevant sometimes because it's always happening but Talked to a bank yesterday, you know, he's like, I can get you five and a half percent on this deal that you're working on, you know, the interest rates are going up. And he just said, he he mentioned the fact that he likes that, you know, we're not shopping his deal. We're trying to have a relationship with him and have long-term growth. He was appreciative. He was of that. appreciative of that fact, you know, so mm-hmm. are there times where, I mean, this is where it's just interesting. I hope our listeners can grasp this and really run with it. I mean, like you say you got a great relationship with this bank. He's gotten to know you. You got some deposits over there. He's done $250,000 worth of loans for houses, whatever that kind of scenario can be. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to say, all right, he's going to tell you, well, all right, this loan's five and a half percent. It's like, oh man, well, let me go see what so-and-so, so-and-so is going to give me. And let me go see what so-and-so is going to give me. Let me see. What... You do that three other times. Then you come back and try to beat him up. That ain't going to go well. No. You know what I mean? Like it's just not going to go well. And, and if he, accepts it he's gonna be he's gonna he's not he's got he's your this is where people get lost in this is like like and it's funny just i mean the banker is your advocate so whoever you're dealing with they're your salesperson because they got to go for the board they got to go for a board of guys that own the bank and say this is why i want this is why i want to go this is why i'm vouching for this guy you know the deal whether it's you know you're just, just starting out or you already got several loans with them. So you got some exposure, you know, all the scenarios. And then you're going to, you know, beat me up about a quarter of a point, you know, which really doesn't affect anything that you're doing. I mean, no, it just I mean, doesn't. It, is it money? Yes. But, but is it enough to sour a relationship? relationship? Yeah. Probably I just don't not. think so. And I, and I think if our listeners, I mean, if, if you're playing that, that, that that's the way you're playing, I think you're, you're, you're going, that's going to work for you short term. 
and it's kind of like that book I was telling you about the give and take book that I'm reading, which I'm yeah. just loving. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, it, it, if you're going after it that way, you're going to win short term and then short term can be defined. Who knows? Could be several years, but over 10, 15 years, it ain't going to work. You're going to top off. You're going to tap out and you're going to have so many burn relationships throughout the city. That's what I was about to say. You're going to have to move or start in another city or you're something. You're going to eventually get to where you're chasing something every month. Or, yeah. or every you're working twice as hard as me. Year. Yeah, you know, and, and maybe I'm paying a little bit more, but that time that I'm not using trying to negotiate something so small. Pinch. Now, yeah. if you, now if it's if it's a whole lot, well then right. negotiate. But if we're talking about a quarter of a point or a few hundred dollars in a transaction, or even a few thousand dollars in a huge transaction, I mean, is it worth it? I mean, I, you know, you know, as you know, we do some loans and stuff like that, and. The guys that just we we talk up front. Here's our program. Hey, but as we move forward, let's you know renegotiate or give you more of the rehab costs. Whatever, whatever we talk about is a conversation. Yep. And then we just start working. Mm-hmm. But if it's if it's every deal, you know, I'm more less likely to try to work with you. I, I just don't have time. You know, I don't. It's, I just, ex- it's exhausting. So that's what I'm. I guess I'm saying if I'm the bank. That's I'm telling you how I would feel. I was the banker, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, everything's negotiable. I guess that's the whole point of this whole radio show. It's like, but you got to walk a fine line of relationships and win-win, and giving and taking, and and just balancing that 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 act. I think that's that's crucial in all this. You know, I talked to a guy Saturday and Jack, uh, uh, a guy a friend of mine. He was just talking about on real estate how, you know, it's just. The uh, you know um, the stand board stand up upstandingness of it you know it's just not there you know what I mean like everybody's trying to undercut and it's transaction based and it's, you're in the it's, underbelly it's, it's in this underbelly weird world you know and and I'm it just to... comes to expect that is what he was I guess my point on that I kind of got lost in my words well and some people get a f- I mean you, you offend people yeah. It, it, you'd like to think that no one puts emotion into it, but they do. Oh, well, that banker was giving me an example. He's like, he spends three, four, five hours, whatever, trying to prepare something. And then you come say, well, I've been shopping this. And <laughs> he's thinking, I've just wasted three or four hours. And I could have done a half million sure. dollar deal over here for those three or four hours of somebody that wants that relationship. You got to think about it in their mind. You can't just be thinking about what's in your mind about just trying to get that Almighty dollar, and yeah, I agree penny. with you. So. And I'm, I've been, I've been one. I think I've said this on the on the air before, talking about hard money lenders. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have any problem using hard money lenders lenders for certain things. Sure. At a ten percent rate, what do I care? If I'm right. gonna, I mean, you're really, still making money. I'm still right. making money, and the goal I've always said with these rental properties is to pay them off. Right. I don't have these rentals that I have to have them yeah. so I can say I got them. Sure. The idea is to have them only to pay them off for that residual income down the road. Right. So if someone makes 10% off of me the whole time, yet it still fits into my numbers, it cash flows, um, it's paying that note down or whatever. So what? Right. You know, I mean, I, and not everybody looks at it like that though, Dan. I mean, mm-hmm. some people look at that and it's like 10 never. Right. But what does that limiting belief do for you? you're stuck in your tracks. You're stuck. You're stuck and it won't let you keep going on to the next thing and it won't let you keep get, you know, moving way on down the road. Well, can you move down the road doing it that way? You can, but can you get 10 miles quicker? You know, no. Yeah, I mean, especially in today's market. I mean, when we first started, banks were just almost throwing money at you, you know? Like, yeah. 
it's a whole different world right now. Yeah, I mean, they, they are crash scared. killed everybody. They still, they still remember stuff from 10 years ago. Yeah. It's like, guys, come on. <laughs> yeah. Like Victim a, mentality, you know. Like, oh, they are. Woe is me. Uh-huh. You know, I'm not doing that again. I'm, you know. So. <laughs> All right. We're talking about with Dan Butler. We're talking about what do you negotiate in real estate? You know, the, the key word is everything. Closing costs, Dan. What are we, attorneys, fees, things like that. How often in, in real estate, I mean, in, in investment real estate, do we hear about closing costs? I know for me, it's rare. To do what? To ask for one side or the other to pay for each other's closing costs. Oh, yeah. Buyer pays buyer. Yeah. In residential, you get that. Yeah. You get a buyer that comes in, especially first-time buyers, they don't have a lot of cash. Will you pay for my three and a half or four percent closing costs? Mm-hmm. In investment deals, that that scare for whatever reason that scares sellers. What they need help to buy this? That's what the the mm. that's the image or that's the um, the message you're sending when you're asking for the seller to like literally help facilitate the loan. Now, in a residential, it's completely different. So I know a lot of people are listening. They got res- their own personal home and they have investment homes. In residential, it's okay to say, "Hey, I'm a first-time home buyer. We don't have a ton of cash, right. or even a second-time home buyer." But I just don't I'll have pay a ton more, of cash. But I need closing costs. I'll pay paid. your full, full price, price. But man. I need that's that price three terms. Th- that's exactly right. That's price terms. So that yeah. that happens a lot in retail and residential mm-hmm. real estate. In investment deals, I very rarely get, "Will you pay my own closing costs?" Now, now you know, I always my big differentiator that I always say is investment properties are as is. Yes. I mean, they should be. That, it's not an absolute, mm-hmm. but that's kind of where you kind of land. It's like retail, you got all these caveats and all this repairs. contingencies and repairs and inspections and, and investment properties kind of like it's as is. Here's the tenant. Here's the house. Yeah. You know, here it is. Do you want it? You know, kind of thing. And mm-hmm. if you're not, I'll find the next guy, you know, right. that has the cash or the financing. Or because whatever. it should be cash flowing. And that's, that's another thing that I think is misunderstood with investor buyers sometimes is. If it's cash flowing and there's a tenant in there, this seller doesn't have to sell it. Maybe they're just retiring or sure. doing some of the other things we talked about last week. Right. But if it's cash flowing, it's saying this is not a desperate situation. Right. This is something that somebody wants to do. They're trying to add to their portfolio. So um, sure. attorney's fees, insurance, who pays what at closing, um, you know. I mean, again, it's all, all this like attorney fees, you get what you pay for. You know that firsthand, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I learned that early on. I mean, there's one that uh, I was dealing with last week, you know, with a, a client that uh, I haven't closed with this guy in over 10 years because I'm What's still waiting on my paperwork. I'm not telling you that. <laughs> I'm still waiting on my paperwork from closing 10 plus years ago. You, you still know? hadn't gotten it? Right. I mean, you know, it's a mute point. It's, everything's gotten filed and all that stuff, but we never got our copies. <laughs> and uh, and so we went through a closing with one of our clients at this place and like, mm-hmm cheap deal blah 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 mm. but man you, you know no response oh it went in my spam folder i mean it was just an excuse after excuse i mean all you had to do is email it to you right yeah i mean we're- it was just it was just crazy <laughs> and it's like and all for all for how much do you think is a as a general somebody that just is undercutting everybody else you know what i mean like what do you think saving 100 bucks maybe that's what i was 100 bucks 75 100 bucks all to save 100 you're really p- or you're irritating the crap out of somebody. Do we have the uh, yeah, the clicker that beeps? Yeah. <laughs> I just got the nod that I'm okay. So oh, you got the you, nod. Yeah. So you're, you're irritating <laughs> I'm somebody. Sure, I'm sure more worse to settle the weekends up here. I saw the sign backwards. Thing, hey. <laughs> that was funny. But oh man, we've gone way Going, off the rail yeah. now. 
<laughs> what were we talking about? The, the beat button. The, the attorney. The you're fees, irritating somebody over a hundred dollars. That's you're, right. You're trying, you know, because I, I understand it's five to six hundred dollars to close a deal, so you want it for four fifty. I mean, you can really that that right there can set somebody completely off. They, now, now if that person for hundred dollars less is a factory and they got processes and they're buttoned up. And they are attorneys. I mean, that's one thing. But if it's, you know, just they're just doing it to get the volume and don't have really the back end of support uh-huh. and the right culture to support where they feel like they're judiciary to cover, you You know, like they, they just, you know, anyway, it's just short sighted versus long, long, you know, long term thinking. And so. I want to get the message out that we are not saying don't try to negotiate and get no. better terms. No, it's just a win-win and just what's the best for but everybody. But at some and, point, there is a, you're going down this path and you're in a zone where it is win-win. Yeah. And if you keep pushing it and keep driving it, you're going to be out of that zone, of zone where you're winning, they're losing, and everyone's upset. Yeah. So uh, that's something just to kind of keep in mind. All right, another point that we talk about, we've talked about parts of the terms, uh, I mean, points. Yeah. Uh, interest rates, closing costs, attorney fees, insurance. I mean, you can you can negotiate just about anything. Due diligence. This is one that I, you know, people. This is big for you. Yeah, it is for me because people go back and forth on a time frame, and and, and you know how inspections, long, repair amounts, appraisals, appraisals that have come through getting a loan, financing. And the biggest question know. is how long? How long yep. do I have to do that? Well, the seller wants you to have thirty minutes. Right, you know the buyer wants. That's to where have, they're starting. They're starting. Yeah, tomorrow is that's right. End of due diligence. The buyer wants fifteen thirty days. to thirty days. Yeah. I mean, you know, of course, nobody. We end up settling between seven and ten days, just depending on how big the property is. But and the buyer wants. To, I mean, especially wholesalers, they want the contract to say if I sneeze wrong, it's canceled. I can get out. I can get out. And and, and in most of my clients, you know, they have me write that in there. Yeah. Hey, Dean, we're you know, I want I want you to write in this contract that if in seven days I want out, then I want out. I don't I don't even want to give an explanation. Yeah. So that scares me a little bit when we start, you know, because then I wonder how serious they are about the whole thing. Uh, but I mean, how how you know for inspections and appraisals? I mean, like how hard do you push your clients on asking for that or not asking for that? Which or? side, sellers? Uh, the buyer. How hard do I push on asking for an inspection? Yeah. Well, we have it on every one. It's just, yeah. I go for, if I'm representing the buyer, I go for 10. 10 days? Yeah, on a single family. If it's yeah. multifamily, you know, 30. But does if that, it's. Does that normally work pretty well on most offers, 10 days? You get a little pushback. Do you? Mm-hmm. What, what then? What's the seven. other side want? Seven. So they want seven, seven is pretty typical a week. Is it? And to be honest with you, I mean, it's like you should be able to get everything done in a week. Because yeah. if you're making an offer on a property, surely you've got, you know, you've already thought, well, I've got, I'm getting a loan, so we're going to get an appraisal and um, I'm going to get an inspection done and I'm going to hire a licensed guy to go in there too. So does inspection come first as a, as a, as a drop dead date and then appraisal? Yeah. Is most next, guys, yeah. is that, is there a time to get that appraisal? Well, it's, it's, it's the whole thing is contingent. So, no, there is no real time frame on the appraisal because we don't know when the appraiser is going to call us. We don't know when the mortgage comes. So you can pass it. inspection in seven, ten days. And then appraisal and the appraisal comes come right behind it. And it's low. It blows the deal up. Yeah. Yeah. And then financing behind that, right? And then financing behind so that. So you could actually, so, so for our listeners, kind of that price terms, like if you don't have finance, don't need financing, don't need appraisal, and or don't need inspection, not you just dropping off the inspection. It's huge. It's huge, right? For so then you move investors. right to, hey, guys, I just need this thing to appraise. 
uh, and, and hopefully you've taken, you know, proof of funds or some sort of officer's guidance line or I have bank to have note. It. I got to have proof of funds or a pre-approval yeah. letter or something. So you do that on the front end. So that's something for our listeners to understand. Like you don't just wait. No. Wait till after the appraisal, then go to your bank and say, "Hey, man, I need a loan for fifty thousand dollars." And they're like, no. "Okay, well, we got to go for a committee." It's three I weeks later. I actually won't write offers now, uh, or accept offers as a listing agent without a proof of funds or pre-approval letter. He can't. Yeah. It doesn't do me any good or my client any good to go through the exercise of negotiating a deal and getting it all settled, and then the buyer go to the bank and they can't get a loan. When's the last time that's happened to you? Where it passed inspection, passed appraisal, and then no uh, last month. The bank just wouldn't do it. Or the agent came to us and said the bank wouldn't do it. Wow. See, if I'm not repping the other side, then I don't, don't really know what's ha- going on. Not really. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm totally at the mercy of what the agent's telling me. So agent came to us three or four days before, oh, the underwriter's not going to approve this loan. And guess they what? Why? They get their fi- No, of course not. They got a letter from the bank. The saying bank saying they wouldn't. But they also get their earnest money back. Yes, that's messed up. Because they can't get the loan. But that puts you off for what twenty plus days? Yeah, 30 it puts days? my seller out for almost a month. I mean, yeah. now that's why I always tell investors: if you can get a tenant in your property, get it in there because we can we could sell this thing in a week or we could sell this thing in you know in three or four months. So mm-hmm. either way, get get a tenant in there. But possession date, Dan. Mm-hmm. A lot of people. I mean, I don't get this a ton with single family, but I get this a little bit with multifamily. Mm. Is you know what date are we actually going to you know we're going to close? Uh, we want to take possession on this date. Um, sometimes in residential real estate, you'll get a possession date. Hey, we want to, you know, we want to move in two weeks before we close, or we want to take possession the two days after we close, or you know, whatever it may be. Everybody's circumstance is different. Do you we're, get any of this possession date with investment deals? Yeah, I mean, we're in the middle of right now. Some uh, some of our clients selling a package, and they're supposed to close Friday. Mm-hmm. Didn't fund. Now we're into Tuesday. Monday went by, still no funding. Here we are Tuesday. And so how do you handle management? Rents come in. You know what I mean? It's a mess. It's a mess. So possession date needs to be a negotiated, you know, or, you know, part of that negotiating when, you know, transfer of actual management or transfer of rent collections or, you know, I would probably get October rents paid on the HUD mm-hmm. and have possession, you know, kind of 1031. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I was just about to explain. Let the like, current owner to go ahead and collect all of October. Possession, have your eyes on it. But. Yeah, possession date with investment deals has a whole lot to do with not literally when is it mine, but when is the rent prorated? Yeah, it's more important it's versus retail. You know, like our personal house that we just bought, you know, his possession was after an estate sale. Right. I didn't care. You of know, they, they were in town. I wanted to get it closed, you know, kind of their terms, you know, what they needed. Your price. That's Your right. price. My price, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we didn't get it till a week later. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that, you know. Mm-hmm. But on the investment property, to your point, it's really about rent collection. And I mean, if it's vacant, it's a whole nother. That's, that's. Doesn't really matter. Just matter close it and whatever. But, but when you got tenants involved, it's a possession date is a real critical, critical part. Because we transfer 100% of the security deposit. That's mm-hmm. not prorated. No. And we do transfer 100% of the prorated rent. So if you close on the 10th, and I mean, I think everybody should understand what that means. You close a certain date, you get the proration of the remaining month's rent mm-hmm. credited to you. Um, so that's something else that you can negotiate in under the umbrella of possession date. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, you can go after that. Now, uh, what are some of the other things, Dan, We, you know, that, that you look at when you're talking about negotiating? You know, do you rent it out now before or after closing? Do you allow the, the owner to go ahead and rent it out to somebody with your approval? Mm-hmm. You know, do you want them just placing a body into your house? Yeah. I mean, that's come up at least three or, three or four times in the last two months that I can think of where the house closed tomorrow and we placed a tenant today. And, and then it's like, whose leasing fee is that? Who gets charged? I mean, it gets, it, it's, it's a lot to think about that people just take for granted. And then when you talk about a few hundred bucks here and there after closing and your first month rent was 700 and 300, it goes away for the move-in cost or whatever, you know, it's leasing a lot of money. fees, it's a lot of money. So, you know, you got to think through that of, you know, do you want, if it's vacant and you got somebody managing it or whatever, do you want them to rent it out for you? Mm-hmm. Or do you want, you? I, have you ever done that in a contract where you approve the actual application? I took one. Yeah. I took one on one of mine. I had the seller was, so the seller was active in that market mm-hmm. and had a tenant base already. He had 40 or 50 houses over in that area. So he had a mm-hmm. clientele of tenants that would call and call sure. his rehab guy. So he said, hey, man, I, I know we're under contract, but I've got a tenant that's looking to move in. You know, what do you think? I was like, well, just pass me her application and just see. So, I mean, he was like, you know, I would put her in there. I was like, okay. I was like, well, you know, let's put her in there and let's see. It's yeah. been okay. <laughs> it's been all right. <laughs> did hey, you look at the application? I did. I okay. went through it. Everything looked right. halfway normal, but it's it still, it's been she okay. She had a pulse? Yeah, she was alive. No, alive. I, yeah, so it, it was... Um, Work sometimes. Yeah, they've been behind a little bit. And they came <laughs> in kidding. Friday and paid everything. But that's something, yeah, to your point, and to all this, is just think through some of that. Where's your money going before yeah. and after closing? If it's vacant, you know, what are you going to do with that applicant? Do you want them to have an applicant? Right. And some people are adamant, no. Yeah, they want to control. I have they some investors today. I want to control every aspect yep. of this so I, I can at least blame myself. Blame yourself. Be that's right. That. Which is, yeah, that's, that's admirable. Taking some responsibility right. for it. This is a big one, and we'll have this one and one more before we close yeah. out. But this is a big one for me, the ability to negotiate repairs. Yeah. So there's a there's some confusion, I think, in the investor, in investor world mm-hmm. about repairs on investment deals, right? Um, I get this every month. It <laughs> yeah, doesn't matter what been, month. Yeah. I get it every month. I'll have an investor that comes in. We write up a deal. He'll hire a licensed inspector, which is completely fine. Um, but he'll come back and he'll say, or she'll say, I want all these repairs completed on this inspection list that this licensed inspector gave me. I'm like, that is not how this works. I just got that email. I, I won just today. I swear it's, I get this every your clients. month. Yeah. Is it? $10,000 reduction. Yeah. I think I know you're talking about. So <laughs> <laughs> that's from a licensed inspector. Like it's supposed to close in like any day now right. and now, and now they're this. coming and saying i want a reduction of and it's like well didn't you see the inspection like even before you did appraisal and all that stuff and now you're coming that that to me is dirty dancing a little bit it is they're trying to get you at the end they're trying to get right. you caught up in your emotions of selling the home that's right no, i know exactly what that is so when you come into an investment deal under a hundred thousand dollars let's mm-hmm. say and there's you know five thousand dollars worth of repairs that include some painting uh, some rotten boards on the outside, um, maybe a little plumbing, faucets are leaking, mm-hmm. maybe some carpets damaged in one of the two of the rooms, and uh, and you need a um, a tub replaced. And they come in and they say they want all that stuff repaired. So I'm, you know, truthfully, 
the seller is in no mood on an investment deal now. Let me preface this. To replace carpet. Right. Yeah. So you got to be careful on what you're asking for from a seller and an investment deal. They typically don't. If they wanted to replace carpet, they'd have done that done and it. kept it. Right. You know, this the idea is to they're not sell in the it. mood to spend any more money. No, they're they looking at. They're looking at. They got it for sale for fifty. I'm going to pay closing costs, say four thousand bucks, five thousand bucks. I'm, I want forty five thousand. Yes. In their mind, that's where they're. That's right. So what I try to do is, some sellers will say, "Hey, if it's if it's major." Roof, okay, I'll negotiate that with you. I understand that you don't want that, you know, CapEx expenditure coming mm-hmm. into this. If it's carpet and paint and rotten wood, please don't ask for that. Because right. all you're doing is, for one, you know, I'm, I'm going through an exercise that is unnecessary. <laughs> two, you know, me forced and foremost yeah. right now. But two, the seller's going to get upset. You don't, you know, you don't want to, because he's not expecting that. So just kind of know what you're getting into. When you come into an investment deal and you see some cosmetic stuff that's minor, Right. You you likely shouldn't ask for that. What I have seen do can we reduce that price fifteen hundred bucks? I know it's five thousand dollars on what you see. There's really only about fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars here. That's really need to be it. done. Right? Can you do that? They Dan, thanks works, for joining. Right? Yeah, it does typically. Yeah. yeah. Dan, yeah. thanks for joining me today. Yep. I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you guys listening today. Go to the show's Facebook page, the Memphis Real Estate Hour. I'm going to post this show up there today. Uh, We appreciate you guys listening. See you next Tuesday at 8 a.m. on the Memphis Real Estate Hour.